time for re-engineering your finances with the founder of CP Weldy Group, Charles Weldy. Well, it's time for another edition of Reengineering Your Finances. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Charles Weldy, founder and certified financial planner at CP Weldy Group, serving you in the Delaware and Chester County areas with an office in Chadsford, PA. They're on Route 52. You can find Charles online at cpweldygroup.com. Charles, great to be with you this week. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, Walter. How about yourself? Uh, doing great. I uh, I have a, a feeling you are very, very busy as we record this with the uh, original tax deadline approaching within a few weeks, but we've had a little bit of an extension, but that doesn't necessarily bring you more relief, does it? Not really. I mean, you know, I'm grateful that we're on a roll. We got good momentum. A lot of the returns are getting, you know, reviewed and out the door. So I think uh, even though we have till May 15th, the bulk of the work will be done by April 15th. So I'm, I'm happy with that since the weather's starting to finally break here in the Philadelphia area. I'm trying to remember back to last year. I feel like we had a very similar conversation where tax dates and deadlines and things like that were getting pushed back because of the original push of the pandemic back in last, you know, March and April. And it uh, seems like it was kind of that same conversation of like, yeah, it's a good thing, but it's also nice when you have that hard deadline and you can just sort of like get to that date and then move on rather than just like trickling further down the line a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, last year they gave you till July 15th and many people took advantage of it. Obviously, last year was the beginning of the pandemic. I think we have it somewhat, you know, under control or more under control now than we did a year ago. So hopefully, you know, after this tax season, which uh, officially will end May 15th, We'll get back to the norm April 15th, and we'll be uh, you know, better for it. Absolutely. Well, we've got a great show on the way today, Charles. We're talking about why you never assume things in the financial world, especially, because we often see people making certain assumptions about retirement that just aren't correct, and we're going to explore some of those on the show today. But before all of that, Charles, have you ever gotten in trouble from assuming something? Uh, yeah, the first three letters of assume are ASS, and I've made an ASS out of me more than a few times. <laughs> that 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 was going to be my story for you. Uh, very, very quick story uh, to get us launched off here. Uh, ninth grade biology. I can't remember all the details. We had some sort of assignment where we, I think we were supposed to feed aspirin to a plant or some sort of drug to a plant and have one that didn't have the drug and one that did have the drug and then, you know, see how they grow differently to see if it impacted it. And then we had to make estimates and scientific reasonings as to why maybe the one plant didn't grow like the other plant or what the differences were, that sort of thing. In any event, I wasn't very good at uh, science in my you know ninth grade days. And um, I don't know if I didn't do the experiment very well, but I remember my dad saying something about, you know, I don't know, maybe there's caffeine in, the, in one of the drugs and it stunts the growth of the plant. I mean, that's a good theory. Let's just go with that. So I just kind of wrote that down into my report and turned it in. Well, the teacher calls me up in front of the whole class, and he says, Walter, and he, he was Australian, by the way. I'm not going to try and do the Australian accent, but uh, he pulls me up in front of the class, and he says, you know, uh, I found your report very interesting. He put me on blast in front of the entire class, and then he had me write up on the board the word assume, and he said just what you said. You know what happens when you assume? You make a, and then he underlined the first three letters out of, and then the next one, and then the last one. And everybody in class in ninth grade, of course, it's like, oh my gosh. You know? And obviously you turn red face and you didn't speak anymore. Oh man, it was uh, it was a rough day that day in ninth grade. That was back when teachers could be mean to us, you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. I remember those Te- days. Teach us a lesson. Obviously it stuck with me all these, uh, all these years later. I still think about that. And I'm very careful to assume because of it. So 
Uh, we're going to try and learn some lessons in the financial world where people often assume and why you shouldn't necessarily assume these things these days. All right, first one, Charles, is uh, the folks that say, you know what, I assume I'll spend less when I retire. Why is that a bad assumption to make? Well, let me ask you a question, Walter. Like, uh, of all the days of the week, Monday through Sunday, what day do you spend yeah, the most money, would you say, offhand? When I check my bank account on Monday mornings, it's always really much lower than it was any other day of the week. So I'm going to say the weekends. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, there's a fellow by the name of Tom Hegna, and he says that uh, every when you retire, every day is Saturday. And Saturday generally is the day when most people spend most of their money because they have off. Well, when you're retired, basically you have a 25 or 30 year vacation. So the fact that you'll spend less in retirement really is, uh, you know, a myth, uh, something that you really uh, can't, you know, hang your hat on, so to speak. I mean, every year, everything you buy is going to cost more. Look at the cost of medical, you know, look at the, uh, the cost of taxes. I mean, the reality of it is we have to plan for rising costs in a rising you know, environment. Yeah, it's a very good point because uh, you're not going out and spending money on Mondays and Tuesdays, but when every day of the week becomes a Saturday, that can get people in trouble and uh, just not the case anymore that you're going to spend a lot less when you retire. Uh, we have another assumption that happens in the financial world, Charles, where folks will say, I assume that my taxes are going to be lower when I retire as well. Well, you know, I mean, obviously we can talk about, you know, they're printing money and inflation is going to be uh, down the corner like another two, three years down the road. Um, you know, where they're going to get the money from higher taxes. But, you know, I want to kind of just, you know, uh, answer this with a story. I mean, did you ever hear about the um, the seed versus the growth story? Did you ever hear that one? Walter? The seed versus the growth. Remind me. Yeah. This isn't going to be my biology teacher again, is it? No, no, no. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, a farmer goes into the general store. He's buying some seed to plant a crop. And uh, right before he pays for the seed, the, the clerk behind the desk says, hey, Mr. Farmer, would you rather pay tax on the seed today or would you rather pay tax on the growth tomorrow? And, uh, you know, if that question was asked of all the farmers and, you know, all the taxpayers, they'd rather pay the tax on the seed, the money that they put in the account right away, rather than pay tax on the growth of the harvest. And that's really the problem with taxes in retirement. There's so many of us that have been educated to save, save, save in tax deferred accounts. And then, you know, at, at the ripe old age of what, 72 now for most people and 70 and a half for some people. We're required to take money out whether we need it or not. And when we take it out, there's going to be a toll charge. So the point I want to make is that, you know, a lot of people think they have X amount of dollars. Let's just call it a million dollars in their uh, retirement account. But when the government takes 25% of that or more, they only have like $750,000 or less. So the point is that taxes will not be lower in retirement. I used to ask people if they thought taxes were going to go up. I don't ask them anymore. It's inevitable that taxes will go up in the future and probably sooner rather than later. Well, already we've seen two assumptions where we think essentially less money is coming out of our pockets in retirement. And obviously, if we're wrong about both of those assumptions, it probably dramatically changes the retirement planning picture. And that's why we have to be careful about what we assume about and in retirement. Here's another good example, Charles. We hear this all the time, right? I assume I need to help my kids get through college before I worry about saving for retirement. It's kind of a noble priority to put your kids ahead of yourself, but it can create some big problems down the line. Yeah, Walter, it certainly can. I mean, um, what I find in my practice, maybe not so much uh, currently as I did years ago when I had a much younger like client base, is that the uh, parents that didn't go to college were really like gung-ho about sending their kids to college, and they would do whatever they possibly could 
to make sure they went to college. So I think, you know, that there was some element maybe of guilt that they didn't go and they were going to make sure their kids got the education. So they sacrificed and sent their kids to schools that maybe, you know, were a little too expensive or maybe they could have went to a, a community-based college for a couple of years and then transferred out into, a, you, know, uh, you know, one of these bigger you know, well-known colleges. But yeah, the point I want to make is that um, father time waits for no one. I mean, you know, uh, your retirement should be something, you know, if it's a goal and some people want to work forever, but, you know, realistically, they cannot. Uh, if retirement's a goal, you should allocate certain resources towards retirement sooner rather than later, because the longer you wait, you know, obviously, the less time you have to save, um, you know, the more you got to put away. Uh, it's not as much fun, you know, when you procrastinate. So my mom used to have a saying, it's later than you think. And when it comes to, you know, retirement planning, um, you know, the earlier, the better. Before you know it, father time is going to catch up with you. And uh, even though we think, you know, logically uh, or, you know, through our own minds that we're 15 years younger than we really are. I mean, I can't believe I'm in my 60s now and I still feel like maybe a 45 year old. But, uh, you know, that's uh, that's another story. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you on that one, Charles. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna assume anything about ages here on the show. We're gonna learn learn some good lessons from these financial things as well. Uh, you never know these days how old somebody is. I saw somebody the other day said they were 50 years old. I, I couldn't have thought that they were a day over 30. I mean, just amazing the you know how some people can look so much younger than they are, and then others can look uh, the reverse. You know, it's interesting. Absolutely. All right, last one: uh, assumptions that we make about finances. Some people say, I assume I'll never be able to retire. Uh, this is one I pick on my dad every once in a while here on the show, Charles. You know, this, this was him just a couple of years ago. He was of that mindset of just, oh, I'm going to have to work forever. Um, never even really gave retirement as a possibility a chance. And now here he is. He's actually got a retirement date set two years from now um, after he kind of, you know, put, saw the numbers, put a plan together and kind of got things figured out. Boom. All of a sudden there was a light at the end of the tunnel. So this is a dangerous assumption to make because it can lead to a lot of negative effects, not just financially, but uh, emotionally, if you're, you know, kind of taking that defeatist attitude of never be able to retire. No, I mean, you're, you're dead on, Walter. Uh, I mean, the first thing, you got to set a goal that, you know, you're going to retire and you got to set a date and you got to make a plan. It seems like your father did that, even though he did it, you know, later rather than sooner. But, um, you know, we have like a, a formula and basically the formula if I can uh, recall from my memory here, uh, if you're going to retire in 10 years, what you've got to do, there's like three or four steps. Step number one is you got to identify, hey, what am I going to be spending per month? All right. Let's just take an example. Let's just say, hey, we're going to be spending $5,000 a month. Forget about income taxes. It's going to make it really elementary. So I'm going to spend $5,000 a month. And then I ask myself, hey, what do I have coming in like clockwork? You know, it's going to come in each and every month regardless. And generally speaking, that's a social security check for just about everyone. And for some people, it's a pension. So let's just say that, hey, I need 5000 a month and I've got uh, 3000 a month coming in from Social Security. So I'm short $2,000 a month. So that's the first step. What's my income gap? My income gap is 2000 a month. I multiply that by 12 months, 24000 I multiply that by 10 years, 240000 I might throw a little inflation in there. Let's call it 60. So that's 240 plus 60, 300 grand I need you know, in a bucket of money to actually, you know, create a income for life. So obviously, you know, once I do that, uh, I know that, you know, I'm on my way to, you know, how much do I have now? How much am I short? You know, what's the gap? And again, that formula just covers realistically the first 
10, 12 years of retirement, you're going to need money for, you know, over and above that. So really depending on buying a person's age, you know, the numbers will vary. But, you know, just to, you know, kind of uh, summarize, you know, you got to have a goal, you know, and you got to really know ballpark numbers of what you're going to need. And then basically you got to look at all your resources and then you got to see what your gap is. And then you got to fund the gap and sooner rather than later. So lastly, Charles, um, as we talk about these different assumptions in retirement, how often are you seeing somebody come into your office for the first time? And not necessarily one of these four assumptions that we've covered on the show today, but just any assumptions about finances and retirement. How much of those assumptions are you having to undo in your instruction and help that you give folks when they come into the office? Is this a pretty common problem? Eh, I think it's fairly common. Really, the first two, like, you know, spending less when I retire. People think, hey, I just need 70% of my salary when I retire. But inflation rears its ugly head. I mean, my first car, I might be dating myself, was like $3,000. My last car was <laughs> 38000 right? My first house is 43000 the current house I live in is probably worth a half a million. So again, every year, everything you buy is going to cost more and you've got to create a rising income to cover rising costs. And then the second biggest mistake is people really fail to look at their unfunded future tax obligation. And if they did that, they would, you know, perhaps consider, you know, prepaying taxes at currently historically low rates rather than waiting for that account to grow like the farmer you know, paying tax on the seed versus the harvest. And they would save hundreds of thousands of dollars in taxes just by prepaying and getting rid of their silent partner, Uncle Sam, who really isn't your uncle. That's a great point. And uh, by the way, Charles, my first car was 2000 but it was also 15 years old. So that's probably why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get a brand new Volkswagen Carmen Ghia back in, gee, what year was it? It must have been 1972. Nice. Unbelievable. My uh, my first car was a 1990 Subaru Legacy. It was. Uh, it's probably it, still running. It probably is. It it was <laughs> it was a tank, and I probably would have driven it much longer had I not been rear-ended and the front got crunched in by uh, a huge truck's trailer hitch on the on the front of it a week before I uh, moved to college. <laughs> oh wow! So I was, that was no fun. Um, <laughs> But anyway, it it still ran, but then it started smoking, and uh, and then by Thanksgiving, um, the engine crack block cracked or something like that, and smoke billowed out everywhere. And I said, okay, I think it's pretty much done. But I did see it years later because I had my New Jersey Devils sticker on the back bumper. I did see it years later when I was back in my hometown driving around. I saw it on the road. I was like, oh, that's it. That's <laughs> the only the only place that uh, th- th- there certainly are no other Subaru Legacies where I was in, in North Carolina that had a New Jersey Devil sticker on the back of a 1990 Subaru Legacy. So I'm pretty wow. sure it was still kicking a couple of years later, which is good. So uh, What a story. Fun to remember those things, that's for sure. <laughs> well, there you have it. Lots of assumptions being made about retirement and financial planning. Not a bad thing if you assume these things. Uh, just know that uh, it can lead to problems if you're assuming the wrong things about retirement. So we want to make sure uh, that we get a good grade on our retirement report card, unlike I did back in that ninth grade biology class because of my assumptions. Uh, So make sure that you get these things addressed and fixed and uh, we can get you taken care of and ready for your retirement. If you'd like to talk about your financial plan, about taxes, about planning for the future, work with Charles Weldy and the CP Weldy Group team by calling 610-388-7705. That's 610-388-7705. 7705 or find them online at cpweldygroup.com and we'll put the contact info 
in the description of today's show. Charles, thanks for the help, and uh, we'll look forward to doing this again next time. Thank you, Walter. Really appreciate it. That's Charles Weldy. I'm Walter Storholt. We'll talk to you next time on Reengineering Your Finances. Financial planning and advisory services are offered through Prosperity Capital Advisors, PCA, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Registration as an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The CP Weldy Group and PCA are separate, non-affiliated entities. PCA does not provide tax or legal advice.